Hi there, thank you for joining me today. I'm Father Patrick and this is our podcast for College Catholics. We're about to start the season of Advent. And uh, Advent is a time of spiritual and liturgical preparation for Christmas. So we can be prepared, you know, when our Lord comes and gives us His grace, uh, we can receive them with more fruitfulness. So we're joined today by Brother Daniel to talk about what is Advent and how we can make the best of this time of preparation and how it relates to the sacraments that we were talking about these episodes, right? We were talking about uh, the sacrament of the Eucharist and the sac- and we will be speaking more about the sacrament of confession. Brother Daniel was born in Michigan. He lived in Florida, in England, in Alabama, Nicaragua, Argentina, and he joined Miles Christi in 2010. He made his final perpetual profession of religious vows July 2nd of this year, 2022. He lives now in our community here in Michigan. And if you would like to know more about his personal vocation story, please check our episode number 71, the episode of this podcast, where we talk about uh, Brother Daniel and we actually interviewed Brother Daniel. Hi, Brother Daniel. It's great to have you with us. How are you doing? Good. Thank you, Father. Thank you so much for having me again. Yeah, my pleasure. The last time we spoke, it was in this podcast and you had just made your perpetual vows. So, That's right. Yeah. What was your experience during these past four plus months uh, now being a per- perpetually professed religious brother? Uh, good question. Um, you know, I think when you're uh, on the, the vocation path, you know, you start discerning and then, you know, you, you join the community, you go through the novitiate, you make your first vows, and I just made my final vows, um, my perpetual profession of vows. So it's like I've arrived, right? Um, and in that sense, now it's just like, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do. I know why I'm here. Um, I know what God wants of me. Now I just have to do it, right? And become holy and be a saint. And um, so no pressure there. Uh, but that's 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 kind of the new um, the new way that I'm trying to live out, uh, you know, my vocation is that I'm no longer preparing for like a big event or a profession or anything. I've, I've done that. Now I have to be faithful to it and, you know, work on my holiness and uh, helping others to become holy as well. Now you're completely cooked, let's say. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, so now we're about to start the season of Advent. Sometimes we take all these things for granted, but the reality is that uh, Advent and Christmas and, uh, you know, all the different seasons of the church uh, have not always existed. Uh, so the time of Advent is one of those many treasures that we have in the church that are thanks to the Catholic Church. We have them, people practice them, even Protestant denominations, Orthodox churches, and all that is thanks to the Catholic Church. So Advent means uh, the coming of the Lord, right? Properly speaking, it's the coming in Christmas, uh, but he's also coming in the second coming. So Advent is the time of preparation or the liturgical preparation for the time of Christmas and the, or the nativity of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, of course, Advent in its current uh, liturgical form did not exist right from the beginning, from, right from the start of the time of the apostles, but it developed little by little, starting first as a time of spiritual preparation of some more interior, interior spiritual practices so as to become more open to the mystery of the nativity and receive all the graces that we will uh, receive that are being showered right by God on this earth on, on the Feast of Christmas. In that sense, we could say that the first preparation, uh, the epitome of any spiritual preparation for the birth of Jesus Christ, was the time 
of the pregnancy of the Virgin Mary as she carried the Word made flesh, Jesus Christ, from the moment of conception until his birth in her womb. Right? So she carried the Word made flesh within her. So we can imagine how she uh, interiorly was united to God and uh, had a spirit of contemplation and adoration right, of the God-made man in her womb. However, as far as the, let's say, church practice of Advent, this time of preparation for Christmas, it is not easy to say when it started, right? Um, because it, it, there, were, there are not too many uh, written documents of how it began or when it was specifically started. However, we do have historical documents that indicate the length and sp some spiritual practices recommended as a preparation for Christmas. And these are the earliest written witnesses that we can find, historical documents that we can find regarding Advent. And this is from St. Gregory, the Bishop of Tours, who lived in France and died around 594 AD. And he wrote a history of the Franks, uh, this, let's say, kingdom, right? Uh, they were barbarians who were near the uh, Roman Empire. And there, in that history of the Franks, he said that the, a previous bishop of Tours, St. Perpetuus, around the year 480 AD, uh, had decreed that in the preparation for Christmas, the faithful should fast three times a week from the feast day of St. Martyr of Tours until Christmas. And the feast day of St. Martin of Tours was November 11th. So we do know that the, this time of Advent at that point in time was from November 11th till Christmas, and it was probably uh, already being practiced, right? So the fact that we see St. Martyr, St. Perpetuus writing this doesn't mean that Advent was created at that time. In a sense, we could say that there were some practices at that time and that St. Perpetuus regulated some specific practices to be added as a preparation for Christmas. So, obviously, it was already being practiced. Advent already existed, we could say. And so, only later, with time, other elements were added, like the name Advent, the purple color of the vestments, the particular mass prayers, and the readings for each day and the specific length of this season. Now, right now, Advent is the season with which the Catholic Church initiates the liturgical year, right? It starts with Advent, and it finishes with the Feast of Christ the King. And it is at the same time a spiritual preparation for the Feast of the Nativity of the Lord. As far as the length goes, Advent always includes the four Sundays before Christmas. So it can be somewhat from a bit more than three weeks to four entire weeks. And actually, this year, 2022, is the longest Advent uh, we can possibly have because Christmas falls on a Sunday. So we will have four entire weeks of Advent. And the color of the vestments of the priest uh, and the liturgical uh, vestments and uh, colors in, in the liturgy is purple because, to some extent, this season is a season where we're encouraged to pray more, to do more penance, and to have an attitude of interior preparation, interior conversion, and expectation of the coming of the Lord. So the idea of Advent is to prepare ourselves interior by, by a sort of conversion, right? Turning toward the Lord, both for the coming of the Lord in the liturgical feast of Christmas, December 25th, but also for the second coming of Jesus Christ 
at the end of time. So it's a reminder, right, that Jesus is coming Christmas. Jesus came to save us when he was actually born in, in Bethlehem. And he will come at the end of times as a judge of uh, heaven and earth, right? In that sense, I would say that the season of Advent is also a season of hope, right? Of course, it is intimately related to the Feast of Christmas, which is also a feast of hope, right? In Christmas, we are reminded that God saves us, and that is the reason for the joy of Christmas and the, the attitude of expectation of Advent. So, we are not lost because of our sins. In spite of our sins, in spite of our poor attitudes sometimes toward others and toward God, we have the opportunity to be saved, right? We have the chance to repent from our sins, turn to God, and be converted and saved by Christ because we have the sacraments, especially the sacrament of confession. So, it is, an, it is important, right, to remember that this hope that we talk about when we talk about the season of Lent is not a worldly hope or a hope in things of this world and about the things of this world, like being healthy or having a better job or being socially popular or who knows so many other things that we sometimes relate or uh, connect with the idea of hope. I hope to win something. I hope to, uh, you know, whatever, win the Super Bowl or whatever. So, uh, in that sense, this is not the hope we're talking about here. We talk about a hope of uh, for things that are eternal, and particularly eternal salvation. So true hope means that I believe firmly in the fact that Jesus Christ, who is God, has died for my sins, and therefore he has saved me. Moreover, thanks to the death of Jesus Christ on the cross, who is God, through the Catholic Church, God will provide everything that is necessary for my salvation, right? That's our hope, that we can, we can be saved, we can reach heaven. Of course, we still have to do our part, we still have to receive the sacraments, stay away from sin, make an effort to practice virtue, and so forth, right? So, so that's a first idea about uh, Advent, right? It's a season of hope, but there's more things about uh, Advent. Brother Daniel, what, you, you were... Uh, you know, considering some other things before the show, what what would you say about what is your take on the season of Advent? Well, you know, um, it seems like every year people put out put up their Christmas lights earlier. Um, you know, there's a lot of exterior preparations for Christmas. Um, you know, it's become like a custom. Uh, you know, businesses sell all kinds of Christmas things. So, right, sometimes right after. After Halloween, there's already yeah, exactly. Thanksgiving, and it's, then already there's Christmas. It's kind of it's mixed. amazing, you know. It's just um, and it becomes kind of a commercial thing, which it, it's it sad. became. <laughs> uh, it became right, um, and it's it's yeah. So, but at the same time, and so it's good, you know. We should prepare, um, and 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 exterior things are good. Um, they help us, you know, because we are uh, f- flesh and blood. So it's good senses. Um, we like to use them. And they serve uh, as a reminder as well. Exactly, yeah. Um, but, you know, there, there's something uh, much deeper, obviously, and it's, and it's that Christ is coming. So there, is, there should be a supernatural dimension, um, you know, that uh, the God is, is uh, the word is going to, you know, he already became flesh, but now we're, we get to see the word, right, with our eyes and adore him, Um as Mary and Joseph did in the first Christmas. Um, so preparing for that is huge, right? Um, 
And and that's really what what our life is about. We we want to prepare ourselves to to one day see God face to face, right? So it's going to be kind of a you know so much more than than our than our annual celebration of Christmas. Um, so I think that I think it's important to to think of that, right? And in, in Advent, um, the whole idea of uh, life after death, um, eternal life, eternal right? life, heaven, uh, exactly. So right. I it's think it's like a reminder. Why did Jesus come? He didn't come just because it's nice to have a reminder of life, right? No, he he came to give us eternal salvation, right? So there's a greater right. there's a greater dimension to man than just the things of right, this world, the here and now, yeah. Right, and another uh, connected to that, another point that I would say is that in the season of Advent. Um, of course, it's also connected to Christmas, right? But I see that there's a rem- reminder that our salvation comes from God, right? Um, there's a good encyclical that I encourage everyone to to read. I, I'll actually I'll actually put a link in the show uh, show notes. Uh, that there, there's an encyclical by uh, Pope Benedict XVI called "Spe Salvi" or "In In In Hope We Are Saved," right? And there, the uh, Pope Benedict says how there's um, created human hopes, right? In the things of this world, but also by means of this world, right? So uh, a political power, um, the economy, uh, capitalism or Marxism or um, engineer, you know, uh, science, hope in science, hope in technology, all these things as, as if as though they were able to give us salvation. But the reality is that true salvation comes from God. True salvation comes through Jesus Christ and only through Jesus Christ. And this is an essential part of Christmas and Advent, that we're expecting, we're hoping for that salvation that comes from above, that is the promise that God makes to us. And of course, again, we have to do our part, we have to receive that salvation, but but we can't produce it. We can't save ourselves, so to speak. We need God to save us. So this is why um, you know we uh, we want to encourage everyone to to try to practice uh, the habitual, usual en- encouragement practices, right? For for Advent, right? To to give more time to prayer, if possible, time to a- of adoration. Um, but also the sacraments, right? Uh, the sacrament of uh, the Eucharist. Um, you know, sacrament of, of confession, uh, to, to make a good confession during this time, and to spend time with our Lord, especially in the, in the most blessed sacrament, because he's there for you. All right, so, and, so Brother Daniel, can you tell me any anecdote from where you were growing up, or more than one, whatever, how many anecdotes you want to tell us about uh, your life as you were growing up. You were, you were living in so many places that you may have an anecdote from each time, like uh, Advent and how you lived Advent with your family. Right. Um, I, I don't have a lot of funny stories, um, so sorry about that. But uh, I can say, I think, and I think I share this with, with several Catholic families, is we would use the Advent wreath, Um which is an interesting custom because it's it's not liturgical. Um, even though you might see it in church, it's not actually liturgical um, custom. It's not a it's not part of a rite or anything. Uh, it's something. It's a devotion, and you can do it in you know at home. Right. 
uh, with your family. And, um, you know, growing up, we, we would always uh, do that, um, have the, the Advent wreath and, um, you know, probably the, the youngest kid would probably uh, light the candle. And um, so that, that kind of helps the, the whole expectation part, um, you know, waiting for, for the coming of the Lord. And, um, and it's, good, it's a good um, practice. I encourage uh, families to do that. Uh, just need three purple candles and a, and a rose candle. Um, and remember that the, the rose candle is not the last candle. It's the second to last. Um, so number three. Exactly. And that, that's actually tied to the liturgy because normally the third week of Advent, uh, what we call Gaudete, um, you know, where we rejoice because he's coming soon, is not this, the last Sunday, but the second to last because we're, we're like halfway there. We're like celebrating that we're halfway Almost there, right? There. Right. Um, so that, that's, that's beautiful. We, I grew up, um, with the Advent wreath and, um, and then another thing that came to mind is when I lived in England, um, we would go to the oratory, uh, the Oxford oratory. And one of the beautiful, uh, customs that they have, I think they learned from St. Philip Neri, who's their founder of the, of the oratory, um, is that they have what's called a musical oratory. So for Advent and for Lent, um, they gather in church and then they, they sing hymns and they, they'll read poetry, they'll have sermons that have to do with the liturgical season. Um, and I remember those were always beautiful. Um, the different hymns that we would sing and uh, the choir would practice special um, music for Advent. The priest would, you know, say, you know, have sermons. And um, that was, that was always beautiful. Um, and uh, so I, I treasure that, that time as well, you know, uh, very good. Well, what I remember, uh, it's funny because my family lived in the U.S. Yeah. Um, so they had all the traditions from the U.S. and the Christmas trees. And I mean, in Argentina, they exist too, but the lights and the yeah. music. And so my mom, but then they moved to Argentina and I was born in Argentina. I never visited the U.S. when I was little. Wow. Uh, but they had brought many of the things from the U.S. from the 60s to okay. Argentina. Wow. Right. And uh, so one thing I remember is they would we would have a very, ni very nice Christmas tree with all the lights and everything. But also in Argentina, it's summer. So yeah. just as you have uh, winter right. and snow here, you have the white Christmas. In Argentina, you can't have a white Christmas right. unless you live in the, in the peaks of the Andes where there's perpetual snow, right? Yeah. So my mom would buy artificial snow. That's and, funny. And put it on the tree. So I said, oh, the Christmas, right, because you want to have a Christmas tree with snow. You can't have a Christmas tree without snow. That's awesome. So That's cool. we would have the Christmas tree with artificial snow, and I would put the snow on top of the tree. Wow. Um, but no, another important, uh, let's say, moving uh, event that I remember when I was maybe 16 or 17, uh, one day, for some reason, I, I prayed before the nativity scene. So in Advent, you know, you put the nativity scene, uh, although in Argentina they they celebrate Chris, they used we used to celebrate Christmas after Christmas, mm -hmm. right? But still, we would start putting some of the decorations up uh, the the week before Christmas. Yeah. So uh, and the child Jesus was there too. So I remember kneeling before the this nativity scene, very little, and uh, at at some point I remember when I was sixteen or seventeen. For some reason, I had this great great consolation, right, that I had never had before, and I I don't think I had ever before wow. of thinking that truly God is here for me, right? Wow. That he is, was born and will be born in, a, in some days for me, mm. right? 
uh, of course, it's born for everybody, for, for everyone who's listened as well, right. uh, for you, but, but I, I had that perception for me, and I remember it had an impact because it, it makes Christmas more valuable, right? right to think right. Jesus is here for me. And indeed, he is for each one of us, right? Um, so I think that was really, really moving for me. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, an experience that you receive, it's not just an emotional thing. It's, it's an act of faith, that moves your emotions, mm-hmm. but it's based on your faith, right? Right. Consolation uh, that comes from God, right? You know, right. It's, it's not just our imagination. Our... Right. It's and it's not just thinking, oh, what a beautiful baby, right? right. It's right. it's something moved by faith. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I would encourage everyone to give time to prayer because Advent typically is very busy with all the gifts and preparation and the holidays as they call them the holiday music right. um but also you know inviting people and cooking and gifts and cards and and, and christ is lost in the shuffle you know mm-hmm. <laughs> so i would encourage everyone to to give time to prayer and to think you know how christ is coming for you to save you and that is the only valid reason for joy in this in this time of Advent and, and Christmas. So anyway, well, thank you, Brother Daniel, for sharing your time with us. Thank you for having me, Father. Yeah, it's great to have your wisdom and your, your experiences. Uh, and thank you, everyone, who stayed with us to the end today. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And please follow this podcast in your platform. And if possible, leave a, leave a review in Apple Podcasts. Um, may our Lord grant you a fruitful Advent. May he be born in your hearts this Christmas. God bless you, and we will see you next time.